0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. In a minute, we live. We live. we live.
0: It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. You know the drill by now. And you can also follow us on YouTube. So check us out on video at YouTube. And you can just check us out at Lockdown Hornets there as well. Follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail, And follow Julian Council, straight up at Julian Council. Just boring handles, just our names. That's the only thing that's out there for both of us. Appreciate Julian hopping on with us once again. Did you miss us? Did you miss talking Hornets and firing off some takes with us?
1: Uh, a little bit. I uh, mm-hmm. hope you guys enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. And yeah. then uh, I guess last week, I don't know what I had going on. But yeah, I'm glad to be back to talk about some little Bugs news. There's, It's a nice change of pace after spending so much time talking about the constant drama that's going on with the Carolina Panthers. And also just like the negativity that is surrounding yeah. the fan base. And I'm guilty of it too because I'm just kind of sick of it because I can't ever get away from it. But the but the Hornets are positive. They're fun. Yeah. Despite what's happened the last couple of days with the losses and the COVID issues. But still, there is actually excitement and hope surrounding a franchise in town, which is typically not this franchise. So I'm happy at least to be able to get away from that arena and enter this one.
0: R- roles are a little reversed. And you're right about the drama surrounding the Panthers. It's nuts, man. I mean, the Panthers <laughs> are such a dramatic franchise at this moment. Bring it in Cam Newton to only enhance it. He's awful against the Dolphins, but there are obviously oh. outside influences. Joe Brady's gone oh. because that's going to be the answer for their offense going forward. We're just going to run the football a million times, according to Matt Rule, and we'll see if they get the win against Atlanta, but I'm sure you talked enough about Carolina. Hell, I have too on 7:30 yes. game, so let's talk oh. Hornets, because you're right, Julian. Like The Hornets, they are fun. They're really close to winning these games against Philadelphia, but just like they do every single time against the 76ers... They lose in excruciating fashion. It happened again. At least this one didn't go into overtime, but Joel B just punked him at the end of this game, just like he always does. If you hold him to 25-10, and 10, then you have a shot to win, but he goes for 40, he goes for 30, that's enough to get the dub for Philadelphia. We'll get to the officiating. We'll get to some of that in the next segment. I do want to go over that game. I do want to kind of go over big picture, whether the Hornets can survive this little stretch they're going to have without LaMelo, without Terry, without some of these key pieces, three starters, and rotation guys. I want to get to that later on in the show. But the more pressing topic, I think, around the Charlotte Hornets right now, even with some other significant news, it's the fact that Miles Turner is out there to be had. And you speak about drama You've got some going on with the Indiana Pacers where they're contemplating a fire sale. Don't know if it's going to be Sabonis and or Turner or Karis LeVert and him. And There's so many different combinations that the Pacers could decide to deal all of these key pieces out, but we've known for a while. Miles Turner has been the guy that Charlotte has wanted. There have been reports about them inquiring. Saw a couple of tweets that Charlotte is the number one team again to look for in this Miles Turner sweepstakes. I, I think it's time, Julian. I, I think now is the time to go after a guy like Miles yeah. Turner. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we, we haven't seen Mitch Kupchick pull the trigger on any in-season trade yet. And I've been cool with that. I, I like the way that he thinks, not wanting to get rid of assets, not wanting to get rid of young talent. It wasn't time then. They were in rebuild, they were post Kemba. You didn't want to get rid of those sorts of things because, as a small market team, that is the thing that holds the most value to you. Now you have LaMelo, Miles Bridges is playing like a borderline all star, you have a decent core. If you bring in a centerpiece, quite literally, a centerpiece like Miles Turner, lead a uh, league leader in shot and uh, a uh, block shots can shoot from the outside. I, I don't want to give up the farm in order to get miles Turner, but that's certainly not only worth exploring, but Julian, I'm to the point now where I'm willing to have to sacrifice something decent in order to get a miles on this squad. What say you about the rumors surrounding miles Turner and whether Charlotte should be seriously interested?
1: Well, don't get too greedy. We already have one miles. Do we need two miles? Um, yes.
0: The answer is yes. I'm greedy as hell.
1: So I'm kind of surprised that Indiana is in this situation. Like, no, I do not watch the Pacers play unless they play the Hornets. But when I look at that roster and see that they have uh, known Hornets killer, T.J. Warren, mm-hmm. also Miles Turner, Damana Sabonis, who's been an all-star before, Karis LeVert, who I really like. Also liked. Hornets
0: killer, Sabonis, also, also.
1: Yeah, also Hornets killer. saw opening night, like in opening night, you go back, they were up by 24 points before they blew that lead in, in Charlotte, came back and won that game. And then since then, it's been all downhill. They hired Rick Carlisle in the offseason after a one year with the other dude who I don't even know who who he was and where he came from after they got rid of Nate McMillan. <laughs> yeah, um, That's how relevant that coach was even last season. But you bring in Rick Carlisle, who's a very good coach in the NBA and from Dallas after he spent his time there for over a decade with Mark Cuban. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is going to be one of those teams that contends for a top six spot in the East. Instead, they're talking about just tearing it down and getting rid of their players. That's a wild... uh the thing that's happened here in the first half of the season, I mean, really first quarter of the season in the NBA, as far as Miles Turner, when you look at the Hornets, and you're right, Mitch Kupchak has yet to go out there and make an end-season trade. They haven't really been in a position to need to. This team came out there media day before the season started and talked about what they wanted to do was be a playoff team this year. It was playoffs or bust. That was the edict. I know your former co-host and our friend Nada hated was it, not, hated it, it, was not on, not on board. But right now, I wonder how he feels about that. Even after the losses in the COVID stuff, they've still gone out there and played really well in some glowing words uh, about James Bragg and his team last night from Doc Rivers, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. But now they are in position with T- Terry Rozier whenever he comes back, with a mellow ball, which, thank God, with the ping pong balls finally helped us out there with him. Miles Bridges looking like the most improved player in the NBA this season. What Kelly Oubre has done, you really feel good. Gordon Hayward as well, who's finally aggressive last night. You feel good about the core that you have here. The only thing for me is I don't want to give up any of the players that I just mentioned there. If they want to get – if Indiana really wants to be a team that's going to be rebuilding and they want some young assets and just maybe some draft picks, I'm cool parting ways with Kai Jones or JT mm-hmm. Thor who's gotten some run or even, hell, Book Knight. He can go. He can give them another first-round pick if, that's, if that, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. If I'm Indiana, I'm not taking anything really less than that if I'm going to give up a proven player in the NBA, especially from a Charlotte team that desperately needs some center help because you get him in here – you still got Richard, you still got carry behind him, but you have a proven center. And that's probably the one piece that the Hornets are away from being a surefire top six team in the Eastern Conference. So if it's meaning giving rid of Book Knight or one of these other rookies or a first round pick to get Miles Turner in here, I'm down with that. But I'm not really trying to get rid of any of the veterans, even though you look at salary cap wise, you probably need to. I just, yeah. at least for this point in time, don't want to.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing. You have to match salaries. That's just what it is. And I think the guy you know, one player you didn't mention was PJ, which salary wise it's gonna be hard. You have to Oh yeah, he,
1: can go. Yeah, he can PJ. go.
0: You're done with PJ? That's the one yeah. I don't want to get rid of, Julian. That's uh, the one well, guy. So, so after
1: I think his personal decisions, um he can go. Oh, no,
0: don't bring up the Basketball-wise, he's decent. Personal decision-wise, it's tough. Bingo. Bingo.
1: It's tough.
0: It's tough to watch. But P.J., to me, that anybody that listens to Locked On, Hornets, knows I, I really like P.J. I like what he can do with a small ball lineup. Anytime he's in at the center spot, it's a positive lineup. The Hornets have looked really good when he plays the five. I think that is the maximum player value I'm willing to part with, and I'm exhausting every opportunity elsewhere – besides getting rid of PJ and and then and then if I have to I think that's the that's the time okay fine if I absolutely have to or I'm going to lose Miles I think PJ is is the last guy I'm going to be willing to part with and this is of course not including LaMelo who's untouchable Miles Bridges we're not getting rid of you know Terry and Gordon I just don't think the Hornets would get rid of them and if the Pacers are trying to rebuild I don't know if they would want Terry Rozier on that contract I don't know if they would want Gordon Hayward on that contract. So when we're talking about guys that the Pacers would want that Charlotte would or should be willing to part with, I think PJ is the last guy that I would be accepting to deal and even then it's pretty hard. To your point though, Julian, I'm fine with dealing Booknight. I like Booknight fine. But Booknight, Kai Jones, you know, a pick, Kelly Oubre, Kai Jones and and, and James Booknight, Kelly Oubre, I'm cool with. The thing about Kelly, and I know you mentioned him and a guy that you didn't want to get rid of, but his contract next year is not guaranteed. I think that you could capitalize on his three-point shot making, which is by far career high right now, and kind of do a sell-high thing on him. And so I think Kelly Oubre would be somebody I'd be willing to part with, even if you are a little bit worried about the wing depth with Gordon Hayward being injury-prone. I think Cody Martin has shown you can start to trust him a little bit more. You know my love for Jalen McDaniels. He can come in and not give you that offensive half court production. But if Gordon Hayward goes out, at least you can have some defense and some length out there and some three point shooting with McDaniels. Like, I think you can get by. What we have not seen is them be able to get by against these taller dudes where big guys are just going to destroy them. That's where Miles Turner can come in. And he also is an offensive liability. Shooting 13 points, a, uh, scoring 13 points a game has really come on strong this year. Julian, I think it's time, man, and 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 I understand you don't want to get rid of the farm, and there's certainly levels to this.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I I think it's time to maybe have to sacrifice some young assets in a way that Mitch Kupchak hasn't wanted to in years past.
1: I'm totally fine with that. Like the core four to me is Lamelo Ball, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward. Like I'm, I don't want to lose any four of those guys. I can probably hear some fans right now being like, "Let's get rid of Gordon Hayward, send him back home to Indiana." but I don't really want to do that. And you're right. Ubre, He's just a role player. It wouldn't be smart based off the contract that you brought up. And I also spend so much time talking NFL. I forget. You have to do the salary matches in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's different. Why, <laughs> yeah. It's a little why different. Can't, why can't all these leagues have the same trade policies and mm. all that? Um, but they don't. Uh, so yeah, like, Mason Plumlee, hey, you he can go too. Uh, no, you...
0: absolutely. That, that's the thing. And, and Doug and I were talking about that, where he's making $8 million, so you could match it there. That's some really nice salary filler. And then if you attach a Mason to a Kai and a book night, I don't want to get rid of PJ and Mason, because then you don't have any center depth again. If Miles Turner goes down, little banged up player, Miles is, which is a knock against him. But if he goes down, then we're right back in the in the thick of, of – of, center rotation problems. Oh, and now we don't have PJ, So then we have to rely on Miles at the center again. And so we'll see what the Charlotte Hornets will do. I do want to talk about that core, though, because I do want to talk about the goals that Mitch Kupchak and this roster have set for themselves and mm-hmm. how miles turner helps them reach that. Let's get to that in the next segment. Do you want to discuss Shopify real quickly though. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run and grow your own business. In case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow and manage a business and the subscription-based software allows Anyone to set up an online store and sell their products, and Shopify store owners can help sell in physical locations using Shopify POS. It's the point-of-sale app and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Go to Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, For a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features, grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA right now. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. I also want to discuss Truebill. It's the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. And on average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. It's a scam. You don't want to fall for that anymore. Don't fall for them. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk more about a potential Miles Turner trade and that game last night against Philadelphia. Coming up next on Lockdown Hornets.
1: Is Locked on Hornets. We
0: just flat out eat some noodles on Thanksgiving, and they're really good.
1: That's a new one. I really yeah. haven't heard of I people know. just doing some straight nudes <laughs> on Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: yes. Is, is Thanksgiving there some family. Italian
1: background in your family? Is that why no. No. show
0: up? No. Nope. No, no, I don't think nope, so. Just some
1: just some straight Anglican nudes.
0: <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. So if anybody is wondering why there's not as many graphics in today's show, it's because I am an amateur producer at the whole video thing. I'm a radio guy. Doug is as high-tech as it gets, knows everything about video and audio software, and so I've got Adobe Audition down enough to record and do some of the basics. But with this video stuff, you notice that we did not have an intro, because I don't know what to do. I just know to click on the button with the B graphic thing that Doug has brought up for me, and so I just click the button when it's time to go to that. There was also me just kind of leaving Julian Council, awkwardly standing there, sitting there while I was doing the reads, because I don't know how to make the camera focus just on me. So I apologize for some of the weirdness of the graphics today, but we're just trying to get through this together. This is what we have right now.
1: It's okay. I decided not to say anything at all, so I just sat there. I was trying to look at my phone, being like, mm, yeah, guys, "What do you do, what Like, the... what do I do with my hands?" Oh, it's like, man, I'm just gonna stand here and just look. I'm looking.
0: And... I'm looking at some of the graphics that were there yesterday. Doug went with me down a list of some of the things that I could do to help out, and I was like, "All right, I'm ready to go." And they're not there this time. Like, I don't know if he it's just. It does. So. I wonder if you had them uploaded, and they're just not uploaded here for me. I'm just glad to have the videos uploaded because other than that, I don't know what else to do. You know, so this is just what we're going to have to to deal with today, Julian. I, I don't know if we're going to have any music at the end of this. I'm trying my best, so please just cut me some slack. And um, Julian, you're just going to have to look awkward a little bit when I do the next read, and I'm sorry about it. Either way, nope, let's talk no about problem. them. If you can, can you look awkward? That'd be great. Um, Let's talk about Miles Turner once more. You discussed that core, right? Gordon, Miles, Terry, Lamelo. Yeah, I I think that the Hornets might be willing to part with a Gordon or a Terry with the right kind of deal, but ultimately, that's a lot harder. I think Miles and Lamelo. Lamelo used to be the only untouchable player on this roster. Miles is like that now. You know, I think Miles has played himself into. Pretty untouchable, unless you're talking, you know, pretty close to it. But you're certainly not getting rid of him in any deal for Miles Turner. I think kind of the same for Terry and Gordon, just because I don't think the Pacers would want him. But with that core, right? That core four, and then filling Miles Turner in at the five with with presumably, I don't know, under the caveat of you giving like a PJ, a McDaniels, a Cody, whatever players you send out to the Pacers, you still have some decent depth piece, uh, pieces on this team. Julian, that's that's a core to me that can compete in the first round of the playoffs. And that's kind of been my goal this entire time for this Charlotte Hornets team. And it's been Mitch Kupchak's too. You know, he's, count, he, he's said a, min, a million times, we're not just trying to get to the postseason Losing four games, go home, get bounced easily, and then say, "Hey, great job! We at least got into the eighth seed." They want to get into the playoffs and they want to compete in a seven-game series like they did against twenty sixteen Miami Heat, but eventually lose. Like this is not a team that's won a playoff series since two thousand one when you had Diddy Mash and all those guys. It Dude. that should be that, that should be the goal. You know that should be the goal is to win a playoff series, and I think if you get Miles Turner across this core. I think that's good enough to at least compete, and then eventually with the presumed development of Lamello, the presumed development of Miles, also assuming that you keep him, and some other guys in place, that does it to me. Do you feel the same way with the Miles kind of going along with that same core?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Miles is obviously there. I don't think Indiana wants him just based off of, you know, the contract he's going to want this season. Well, I'm just talking order. about Turner,
0: right? Like if you add
1: oh, you two okay. miles, say now, miles we're going to Tur- have to make there's that decision. There's too many yeah, miles. Okay. I know there are. God,
0: there are miles um, and miles, right? So if you add if you add Turner to that four, then that, yes. that that's a that's a nice uh, group of five. I think you're putting out there and, and making it hard, at least for the next postseason team that you're playing to beat you.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, are you kidding me? He got a little ball who's mm-hmm. just a magician with the basketball. Miles Bridges, who, as I mentioned earlier, and I think most people have been saying this, is probably going to be the most improved player if he continues to play that he's the way he's played so far the rest of the season with veteran presence in Gordon Hayward, who I know a lot of fans want to see more out of Gordon just based off the contract. I always tell you, you look up at the box score, and a dude somehow has 20 points, the quietest 20 points that you'll ever mm-hmm. see in the NBA, but he'll go out there and he'll produce, and Terry's been electric. Especially recently when he was healthy, he kind of got back to the old Terry that we saw last year. But yeah, that five, I feel as good about that five against anybody else in the NBA. Now, I'm not saying that that team with those five guys in particular are going to be enough to go out and get to the Eastern Conference finals. So you got to have the depth in order to be able to do that and have that second unit that could be really strong. And I don't know if they would have that after whatever the part, whoever they part ways with, especially if it's like a PJ Washington and a Kelly Oubre. But yeah, and I like those five. If that can be the core here in Charlotte for, yeah, the next I don't know, three four years, however long it's possible based off of the salary cap structure in the NBA, I would feel really good about their chances not only this year but next season and maybe depending on how many years after that of having a chance of getting to the playoffs and just winning and not just winning a series, but maybe going further. And that's what we want. And, you know, like you mentioned it's been since 02 right before the team was leaving to go to new Orleans last time when they won down in Orlando the last time that they won a series and they sit here and now 19 years later I mean I guess 20 years later yeah that's just ridiculous that we've had to wait this long and we'll see at the very least I want to have a team that can be top six and would start there get the top six avoid the play in tournament then yes hopefully in that same season you can win a playoff series but yeah Miles Turner and those other four guys that you mentioned there as far as part of a starting five core. That would be very enticing if that's something Mitch Kupchak can make happen. If that's something that he wants to make happen or if they want to just stick with they, what they got going now developmentally, which I wouldn't blame if he does that with the young talent that they've gotten in the draft the last two seasons and the way that they've utilized the G League. You've already seen how that's worked out, the development of some of these other players who are on the roster now, and in what we saw in the last couple of nights with Book Knight and with JT Thor and even what we've seen with Nick Richards this season, how they have a pretty good formula there where they might not need to... Go give away assets for Miles Turner. It just depends on what exactly Mitch Kupchak wants to do, what he thinks his team is capable of doing this season and maybe in the next couple of seasons, and if it just fits in the salary cap wise. So I wouldn't blame him if he decides, yeah, I'm just going to slow play this and continue to have these guys win games, but then allow our center depth to develop over time, opposed to let's go ahead and get one right now.
0: Yeah, the, the center depth being really though only Kai Jones as far as the developmental piece. Unless you really buy in Nick Richards as a guy that is going to be a solid rotation player, and that's where I that's where I struggle because I don't know if I can rely on him. And so if they decide not to not to go not on a fast track, but if they decide again not to go for an in season move and still slow play this, for me it, it's just. Man, at some point you got to make that move, right? Like, like at some point you do. And this is his fourth year as the GM. It's his third year post Kimball Walker. You know, you kind of had a little bit of a catalyst enter the organization when Lamelo was as good as he was right off the bat. Now Miles is developing as you're supposed to, and this team can get all sorts of credit for develop uh, developing talent. And you talked about that as well, right? Like, it's not developing talent doesn't only benefit you by seeing that developed talent on the court playing in your jersey. How it can help is trading it because other teams want it and then giving you the type of pieces that you're able to allow coexist within your team a little better. Because they drafted James Booknight. They have Terry Rozier, who they just inked to a big-time contract. You know they're not letting LaMelo Ball go anywhere. Cody Martin is going to fit a little better contractually, especially if Booknight is somebody that can play well enough in order to earn, I don't know, double-digit million dollars a year. Uh, Are you you still wanting to play or pay Booknight that much? So, like, Cody might be the answer to help defensively also. Point being, Booknight is somebody that you could trade in order to get a center, like a, a Miles Turner, or just anybody, but Miles being the example here. I think that's that's what helps with this talent development. It's not just that they play for you. It's the fact that you can develop these second-rounders where there's only 15 roster spots on your team, trade them for guys that can come in and fit a little better with your organization. And, and by the way, fit. I think Miles is even a better fit with this team than what a Sabonis is, especially considering I think it's going to take more assets to get him. But also just on the court, Miles As is... As it should. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Miles is a significantly better defender anyway... It's what this team needs. You know, this this team yeah. scoring one twenty consistently. Like Sabonis is great, I'd take him, but <laughs> Miles Turner fits a little better along with the assets that you'd have to get rid of in order to get him.
1: Yeah, I guess the only thing for me, and I like I'm yeah I'm cool with it. If that's what he wants to do. Like I, I'm at the point where I don't have an opinion on this. Whatever Mitch Kupchak does is right. That's where I'm at. Like after the first year, full right, trust didn't really, of
0: Mitch, it, almost you know, like I, borderline and Gettleman We Trust back in those <laughs> days. And now you know, and now right, it's Kupchak we trust.
1: No, stop that. Stop that. Um, no, like the first year, I I didn't love like the idea. Like, all right, I'm just going to getting like not buying out Dwight Howard, trading him away. Right. Then you end up with business contract again. And I guess that sort of helped the team in the next couple of years. But it was still like, why are we paying this guy this much money? Because um, I mean, you had what you had? You got Dwight Mosga Biz. is you have like through the worst contracts. Well, and in that league. whole
0: rotation oh. of centers where you know you you were moving off of you know like I, I forget Doug has this whole thing figured out the type of the the transition the six degrees to Kevin Bacon type thing, but it's like
1: Good Lord. it's
0: like Spencer Hawes, Miles Plumley. Uh, I, I forget, uh, Lance Stevens Roy man, I think is, yeah, like, so So you have, you have like this endless thing that eventually you don't buy out Dwight Howard to the health, instead you just are trading bad contract for bad contract, to, to your point, yeah, like Mitch Kupchak wasn't without his mistakes in the early going, especially when it came to handling the cap.
1: Yeah, no, the, just the first year. Just th- those that those trades, and then like the we're going to go to the playoffs this year and chasing that when you probably didn't have the roster to do it. Didn't help that Cody Zeller, of course, got injured, which I think is probably one of the primary reasons they haven't been to the playoffs since the fifteen sixteen season. He's now gone, so whatever. But no, like I have pretty full trust in what he's able been able to do. Whether it's been the free agent signings that we saw like with Ubre the draft days that he's had. And I'm not even talking about Lamelo. Like that was an easy choice, but like Miles yeah. Bridges where I remember that night, a lot of folks were wanting Michael Porter Jr. Or thought that maybe Shea Gillich's Alexander might've been the right choice for the Hornets. And maybe at this point in time, he was. And had they not gotten lucky last year and gotten Lamelo, that might've been the right decision. But Miles has been really good and he's fit into everything that they've done here in Charlotte. So I'm at the point where whatever Mitch Kupchak thinks is right, whatever he thinks his team's capable of doing, I'm on board because he's proven Since past that first year that he knows exactly what he's doing in this small market, well, small market, put that in quotes here in Charlotte, and I think he knows what he's doing and how to build a team, and I'm not going to sit here and question the man right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's done a pretty good job overall, not without his mistakes, but what GM is without their mistakes, and Mitch Kupchak doing a pretty nice job of building this team so far, making those right decisions come draft time, and we'll see – if, if there even is a decision to make via trade, because he hadn't done it yet, certainly in season, and hadn't pulled off this huge trade, even uh, even the off season when you consider what Mitch Kupchak has done as well. Alright, I do want to talk to you about Stance before we move on to the next segment. Stance was founded in 2009, and the apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, active apparel, with sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. So Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code locked on at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. All right, let's talk about that Philadelphia game coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets Podcast is locked on hornets all i have to go off of is write-ups and highlights and some video tidbits on twitter because i was not able to watch this game tidbits, like it, tidbits? that's
1: a, well, it's a great word tidbits it, i mean that's just a funny a word. word tidbits i want
0: to use it every single day it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast The curse continues. The Hornets can't beat Philadelphia. It's the 16th loss in a row. And of course, it happens just by four points 110 to 106. The fourth quarter, Joel Embiid, one, he dominates all game long, but even at the end there, kind of put that game away. Scored 32 points, goes 8 of 17 from the field. But you look at where he did most of his damage, it's actually going to the charity stripe where he shoots 15. Of 19 free throws. Good free throw shooter. It's what Joel has done constantly throughout his career. But here's the thing. You know, you look at the amount of foul calls against the Hornets last night. He shot well, here 20, we go. shot 20 against the Hornets, shot 17 against the Hornets the second time out. Or excuse me. Um excuse me, that's it's 14 the first time, then it's 19 the second. I was looking at his overall field goal attempts. And that's more than any other game. You have to go back to Minnesota to where he shot 21, but point being, man, got fouled a ton. Now I do think he got fouled, but I don't think that the officials did a great job. Here's the thing I will say, right? It's not the reason the Hornets lost. Don't get mad at me. That that, okay. that that's something that I hate as well. I hate blaming the officials for losses. Joel Embiid, he's a star. He dominated. It's not the reason that Charlotte lost, but we can also acknowledge that jump ball call at the end, too. That was awful. Like, you, Julian, you cannot look me dead in the camera, dead in my face, and say that that jump ball was a correctly made call by the officials last night. That was a big point in the game where Charlotte could have gotten the ball back.
1: It might not have been their best night, okay? I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the jump ball call, not great. But I'm just so tired of fans. It's not even, it's not even like last night. It's every time... I'm looking on Twitter and Twitter is just an awful place. Every night <laughs> all I ever see is people complaining about the officiating and Hornets games. So when I hear about it again last night, it just falls mm-hmm. on deaf ears. Joel Joel is going go to go the line a lot cuz you don't have a guy effectively you can guard him. That's right. That's part like that's, that's, right. that's the main issue. If you had someone an effective center who could guard Joel and B, and even if Mason Plumley played, like that's probably not going to, you know, bring down the foul count in amount of free throws he attempted last night but I just don't want to hear about how bad officiating was because there's not a single franchise in the NBA or fan base that likes the officiating in the NBA. Is that a league-wide problem? No, just people being ridiculous because their team doesn't get preferential treatment every night.
0: Have you seen the graphic? Somebody put out this graphic that was kind of, yeah. So it was basically who has the bigger fan base and that's the team. That's the fan base that that complains about the officials more so than any. And it's funny because Which the was Warriors the are actually, Yeah. Yeah. So it's like the Lakers and then it's the Knicks. And then I don't know who else it was at the top, but it was pretty clearly just who has the largest fan bases. I mean, it was such a skewed model that they had out there and the Charlotte Hornets, their fan base was actually really far down e- either way. I, I do think, I hate the complaining about officials. I actually can't stand it either. It's it's not the reason the Hornets lost. I hate using that as an excuse. The Hornets would have lost anyway. Embiid's too good. And it's not like this is something crazy out of the ordinary. Embiid is going to go to the foul line. Happened a little bit more frequently than I thought. Still got fouled quite a bit. The jump ball was just an awful, awful call. And the official made it immediately, too. I mean, if the, the fact that that is your instinct. Is the something is something I had a problem with. It's it's when the ball immediately bounces off of Embiid's knee, and that's what he decides to go to like reaction. Oh, jump ball. No, that can't be your instinct. It has to be a foul call some way or the other, and then you can go review it, which didn't happen. And then of course Embiid wins the tip ball over one PJ Washington because Embiid is seven foot. We don't have anybody seven foot that's even decent. <laughs> yeah, available that's, that's right the problem. Now. Yeah. So that, that that was pretty tough. We needed a little bit of help from the official, like Terry, one on the tap against Golden State, and we didn't get it. Either way, they lose again. If we talk about the Hornets holding on, Julian, because they are without five guys right now due to health and safety protocols, including huge pieces like LaMelo and Terry in the backcourt, mm-hmm. depth pieces like Jalen McDaniels, Mason Plumlee. At least you have somebody that is close to seven feet out there when he's available is Smith, so now you're down to like your third and fourth ball handlers on the team. With all of those guys being out, the Hornets are 1-2. and Get a win against Atlanta, lose both, but very competitively so against Philadelphia. One, what do you make of their performances the last three games? Two, do you think they can hold on with a a tough road schedule coming up and this next game against Sacramento, just some of the opponents they might have coming up? What, What do you expect to see here in the next few games?
1: Well, first off, Atlanta was obviously a huge victory for all that news to drop down huge. and then to go and get that win. And then, of course, like the performance I saw the last two nights out at Spectrum Center, Wednesday night and then Monday night, are encouraging that you know. And we've seen it over the last two years. Like this team just does not quit. It does not matter what situation that they're put in, whether they who they don't have on the floor. They're always going to give that maximum effort. And that was something two years ago. You could not say right after Kimball Walker had left when they were young and they were figuring out what it took to be successful in the NBA. But the past two seasons, they are always going to come back. And you go back to night one, I sat there in that arena. It's like, well, they're going to come back eventually. And what they do? They came back and won the game. So I'm not surprised at all how they played the last two nights. It's encouraging to see um, what Book Knight and JT Thor and those guys getting some sort of confidence after spending time down in Greensboro. And you're seeing the development part of this is working with the organization. Now the only thing for me is, like, I know the NFL what their deal with the with with COVID. And I know it's health and safety protocols in the NBA. How soon can they come back? Because is there a different system for vaccinated players and unvaccinated players? I know the vast majority of, the NBA, of NFL or NBA players. There's only like a handful who aren't vaccinated, apparently. So like, I don't know when can they come back? Because that's kind of what's Im- important for me to be able to answer this question. I think they got to win on Friday night against Sacramento, obviously. But when can we expect to see? LaMelo, Terry, and everyone else come back pot- eventually, potentially.
0: Whenever. Yeah, I mean, so if you go and look at the write-up, one, it does seem like LaMelo and Terry are the guys that have tested positive for COVID-19 with maybe a couple of the other players that are out maybe just being some contact tracing. Um, And it does seem, so if a player has a confirmed positive test for COVID-19, the NBA mandates a minimum of 10 days of isolation away from his team without any physical activity after that period, a player must undergo a cardiac screening, reconditioning in order to be cleared to return to the court. And a player who tests positive also could clear the protocols by returning two negative PCR tests within 24-hour period. So that's what okay. you need to see from these guys. And if you had two players that test positive for COVID-19, again, it seems like you're starting backcourt, then they would have to return those student end day period, and then we'll see what happens after that. Point being... To, to be honest with you, there's really no certain timetable. All I know is that they have a long road trip coming up for them after this game against the Kings. The Mavericks are included on this road trip. I'm going to try to pull it up here real quickly, but it, it's really yeah, tough. Please. Like th- 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 this, this came up in a situation where you know maybe you view it as decent enough because you thought the Hornets were going to lose some of these games either way. But if they lose to the Kings, that's when it gets tough. On the road against Dallas, on the road against San Antonio, Portland, Phoenix, Utah, Denver. Then they're back home on December 27th. So the whole month of December, they're on the road, and all of these games are out west. And and you want these guys to come back as soon as possible. Because, man, yeah. if, if you're going to fight against those teams, I, I have to feel like... Nick Carboni, Doug Branson. We were talking about this two days ago. Like it does feel like maybe a letdown is coming, especially with how tough the schedule is.
1: Well, they always go out West and play terrible. So yeah, and, it shouldn't and, and be that a surprise this year. Right. So that should be a shock to no one. It will know things have really changed. We have a different Hornets team when they go out West and actually either stay 500 or above 500 in terms of the, what they do on the road trip. Yeah. I look at these games and you, the 19th is when they play the Suns. today is what the, the ninth, hmm they gotta be i mean in 10 days i would imagine that those guys are back right just based off yeah. of just just going off of like how things have happened in the nfl because you're telling me it's either 10 days of isolation or you have to get two negative tests within a 24-hour period like i would imagine that they're back before then but it's like the continuity yeah. that you want that you want to try and get back like maybe even portland next friday night on the 17th king's game you're at home you, you got to be able to beat the kings at home i understand earlier this season that was one of the probably the worst defensive performance of the season. I not even, yes, absolutely the worst it was bad. performance of the season against Sacramento. They give 145 points, something ridiculous like that. The Mavericks game might be an L. Could have seen that either, even if they're healthy. But you can get on San Antonio's eight and fifteen right now. If you can beat San Antonio, if you can win two of the next three, which the one at home you gotta have, and you can split those first two before you you play Portland, who has a losing record, by the way, and then Phoenix. I feel like that's a really good position for the team to be in. I think it's actually something that's absolutely possible to happen, but they should not lose the next three games. I don't see why that would happen. I understand, you know, who you got out there, but still there's just too much talent on the team. And the way that Gordon Hayward at least played last night by being aggressive, and he's going to have to be aggressive until those guys come back, which I think he fits more in a role of being more passive when they're out there, which is fine. When Mm -hmm. you have two Rolls Royces in Miles Bridges, at not Miles. Well, Miles was already out there. But I mean, like in Terry Rozier and in um, LaMelo Ball, Like it makes sense. Like those are the guys are going to be hunting shots opposed to like asking Gordon Hayward to go out there and do that. So I feel good about them Friday night against Sacramento. And then they got to at least get one of the two at Dallas and then at San Antonio with San Antonio obviously being the one that you're going to point to and say, yeah, that's the one that they shouldn't and, and need to have.
0: Well, and the last time Gordon Hayward, he led the team in scoring last night with 31 points. The last time he led the team in scoring, it was at Sacramento, November 5th, when he scored 25. You look at these next games, as we talked about, you have Sacramento tomorrow night. Then you get three days rest, which is really nice. Monday on the road against Dallas, that rest is going to be huge. So hopefully that's enough to maybe get the win against the Mavs. And what also is nice about this road trip is that you have a day, at least a day rest in between San Antonio, in between Portland, against Phoenix, that's when it gets hard. Because then you play Phoenix December 19th. Port, uh, then you play Utah the second night of a back-to-back. Then you get three days rest against uh, Denver on December 20th. So it's going to be that Phoenix-Utah quick turnaround. Great teams probably going to be L's in both of those situations. So you got to do your damage early and we'll see if the Hornets can stay alive in the Eastern conference while they have some key pieces out. That'll do it for lockdown Hornets today. Julian council, the man helping us out locked on Panthers. Go check it out. They're on, uh, they're on uh, you're on Twitter at, at Julian council. And I know you're always yeah. tweeting out the link. So make sure you get caught up on all of the drama. Jeff Nixon speaking today, your new offensive coordinator, for the Carolina Panthers, we'll see if he does anything different with all of this talent, all of this offensive line. Probably mind. won't. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Um, go check it out again. Locked on Panthers. Julian Council doing an excellent job for us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Julian, appreciate the time, man. Thanks once again.
1: Yeah, anytime, Walker. Go bugs.
0: Yeah, go bugs. We'll see if they can continue. Uh, at least competing in the next few games without these guys. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow for a fun Friday.